Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another show of ISPS Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Manuel Ferrero. I'm calling... Um, talking to you live from Miami, Florida. On the show today, it's a very, very, very special show. We have Mr. Rusty Bumgarner on hold, and uh, he'll be joining us a little bit later. If you want to call in the show, ask Rusty some questions. The number to call in is area code 347-637-3978. Again, that number is 347-637-3978. Or you can look for us on Facebook at International Slow Pitch Softball or on Twitter at ISPSO. You can tweet, our, tweet your questions or Facebook uh, your questions into Rusty. Uh, Rusty Bumgarner is a well-known slow pitch softball player. Many of you guys know him. Uh, you can follow Rusty at rbumgardner16 on Twitter, and you can look for him on Facebook at Rusty Bumgardner number 16. You've seen many of his uh, slow pitch softball home runs on YouTube. He played offensive line at Wake Forest University. He was the first American-born signee by our Florida Marlins, which are now our Miami Marlins back in 1991. And now he's currently playing major league, uh, major slow pitch softball. Uh, Mr. Rusty Bumgarner, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be on here. Rusty, how's it going, man? How, how have you been? Oh, I've been doing pretty good. Been doing pretty good, man. Just, uh, you know, trying to do stay in shape and get my swings in, and then uh, I got two little kids that I'm running chasing around here, so it's uh, it's busy up here in Gastonia, North Carolina. You're in North Carolina. Yes, sir. Nice. How's the weather up there now? Uh, it's it's really not been that bad. I mean, we have days where. Uh, uh, where it's pretty warm, and I mean, our humidity is, to be honest with you, it's probably not a whole lot different from you guys. Um, but it's uh, it's it's been decent. Uh, we've had a lot of rain this summer, but uh, other than that, like I said, it's it's kind of mild, a mild summer. Now, do you guys play year round up there in North Carolina, or is there a specific season? Uh, it normally cranks up. I mean, you can probably find some tournaments around, um, February, definitely first of March, and there'll be tournaments that run all the way through November. Um, you know, our winters are pretty mild. Uh, a lot of times we get our worst weather in February and March as opposed to December and January. Um, but you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's people want to play ball, so they get out there and, and 
when it's cold, and they it's, it's really funny. They bring their propane tanks with their heaters on them and put them in the dugout, and they they play. Nice. Now you you play most of the year on the major conference. What what team are you currently playing with? It is GTL Dorflinger R&M Metals, and we are uh, under contract with Easton. Uh, and and Brett Helmer, many people know Brett. Brett uh, helps us out yep. through through Easton as well. Great. And what what was your last tournament, and how did you do? We played in Cincinnati, and we did not fare very well. Um, we actually lost our first game on Friday night, um, which we shouldn't have, but things like that happen. And then uh, we came back and won a few and then got knocked out Saturday night. So it was uh, uh, not a very good tournament, to say the least. Well, don't worry. You'll get them next time. That's not a problem. I hope so. Now, <laughs> I was very interested in, in the whole Marlins because, as you know, we're, our main headquarters is down here in Miami, Florida. I actually live very close to the new Marlins Park. I don't know if you've had the chance to, to come out and check out Marlins Park, but I was very interested to to learn. I, I never knew this about you, that you were the first American-born signee by the Marlins back in 1991. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that experience and, and how that was? It was, I mean, it was really luck of a draw. Um, I played, as you said, I played four years of football at Wake Forest. Uh, my fourth year in the spring, I actually played baseball. Um, and it was really weird because uh, one day, I mean, we had we had the righty-lefty matchups with, you know, with DH, first baseman. And um, I actually started a right-hander that day. We were at uh, Liberty College in Virginia. Um and eventually they brought in the left-hander in the eighth inning. So the coach told me to go in, and I hit a home run to right center in the eighth. We batted through the lineup by hitting the ninth and hit one to left center. And there just happened to be a scout driving through uh, that day that stopped and caught the game. And he was actually with the California Angels, so that tells you how old I am. But wow. uh, anyway, he had, he spoke to our our coach afterwards and he's like, who is this guy? You know, I mean, I, you, I see him listed as a, as a junior on the baseball field, uh, but haven't, haven't seen him. So he gave him my background and told him the deal. And, uh, he actually, the guy's name was actually Ty Brown. And he was, uh, he threw me in the draft that year, uh, and California, they didn't bite. And, and, uh, so I actually had a fifth year of eligibility and, Long story short, uh, I I stayed in summer school that year and actually played in a semi-pro league because I just needed to see some live pitching uh, in order to use my fifth year of eligibility for baseball. Well, the money situation between football and baseball got messed up, to say the least. And um, if I was going to play baseball, uh, football was going to make them pay for it. They didn't have the money because they brought in 13 freshmen, so I was not able to play. So that's actually – that fall is actually when my softball career kind of uh, kick-started as well. And then two days before I'm coming home for Christmas break, Ty Brown calls me. He said, hey, I am with the um, expansion Florida Marlins, and I'll be down there two days to sign you. So <laughs> it was wow. – uh, you know, I mean, he 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 saw a lot of potential there, 
Um, and, you know, I go down. We actually actually went to uh, Delray Beach with uh, at Bucky Dent Baseball School. We went down there for two weeks for our little training. And then uh, part of us got sent to uh, Kissimmee and played out. We actually played out of Houston's complex as a rookie team. And then the short season A team went to Erie, Pennsylvania. So, um I was very relieved going in because, you know, they, they said that they would give me three years to reach my potential. Everybody knows my background. They're not going to put any pressure on me, you know, that whole spiel. But uh, they threw out the lineup the first day, and I was starting at first and batting fourth. I said, well, so much for the pressure thing anyway. So, um, but anyway, my well, three years ended up to a very sh- – to what now? I said they threw you right into the shark tank. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, it was one of those things is as long as they threw it straight, I could hit it. But when they started breaking stuff off and off-speed stuff, I just struggled because I hadn't seen it in a while. But, uh, anyway, my my three years turned into about three months, and they sent me home. And then that's basically when my uh, career, my softball career started. Well, then that leads into my, my next question. How, how did the whole – slow pitch softball where did you start what team did you how did how did your whole slow pitch softball career started well I actually um I mean I still had I mean baseball was always my first love and and I I wanted to continue you know playing baseball in some way shape or form so uh my first year of college I came home for the summer and we got some old college buddies together and we started playing softball and um it got to be um i mean we had a decent little team for what we were doing but um we would always play an early saturday game and we'd win that and then uh actually a buddy of mine had a uh, uh lived on the lake and had a boat so the party transpired after that and we'd come back later saturday afternoon and lose two in a row so my dad finally told me he said look if you're going to do this you know we're not we're not doing this thing anymore so uh, there was a real good B and C team um, locally that um, I knew some guys on, and um, they brought me up for a tryout, and and so I played with them the next two uh, summers uh, when I would come home from school. So anyway, leading back to uh, my fourth summer, uh, I stayed up there and played baseball, and then you know the whole money situation. So that fall. I started playing in a couple of leagues around Winston-Salem, and that led to some tournament stuff. Um, and I actually got uh, invited to play in the A Fall State. Um, went there, played, made All State. That kind of tra- that that got everything rolling with Converters Unlimited, uh, which was an A team back in the day. Um, so like I said, he, he kept asking some mutual friends of mine about, well, when's Rusty getting released? I'm ready for him to play softball. So basically I got released on a Wednesday. He called me on a Thursday and told me to be in Maryville, Tennessee for the Smoky Mountain Classic on Friday. (laughs) So that once again, I got chunked in the fire again. (laughs) Right. Incredible. Now, Rusty, I read somewhere. It was probably on the internet, of course, um, that you have 24 world championships. Is that number correct, or is it more now? I think it's more. I think it's um, 
the last the last time I looked, and I haven't researched it in a while. I mean, it was it was twenty five, twenty six, and all of those are on the major level. Wow! So you've pretty much seen it all in softball, and you've been around it for for many years now. What is the major difference that you see in slow pitch softball from the time you started to today, 2013? Well, obviously the first thing that's going to jump out is going to be the bats. Um, right. You know, back when we started playing, we were using CU 31 aluminum. Uh, and of course it was, it was unlimited home runs back then. That's, you know, that's the second thing that jumps out. Um, you know, the bats are so much better today, but, I think as a whole, the athletes are better. And what I mean there is there's more athletes spread out over the game now as opposed to back when I first started playing. And with the with the home run limit, um, I mean, you pretty much have to be an athlete. You have to you, know, you have to be able to spread around. You have to be able to run. You have to be able to play defense. You you. You have to um, have the whole the whole aspect of the game, right? Oh yeah, it's it's no longer you know it's no longer the the old stigmata that the of the whole beer league that you know you go out there and you just take a couple hacks and forget about defense, just hit home runs, right? You know, yeah, I totally get what you're saying with the whole home run rules and everything. Well, and, and and I mean, a lot of people. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I've I've been a part of some teams that you know we probably had uh, people playing out of position because they could hit, and they were on the team. Uh, but but I've been very blessed to be on teams where where we could play defense as well. And you know, looking back, uh, there's I mean, there's several teams back then that could still play this game today and and be very very successful. Uh the better ones, the great ones, you know, they they could they could still do it all back then. They played defense, they could run, they hustled. Um you know, back then uh, the five man infield, you know, there was no such thing. So you played four outfielders, so uh what they would normally do is if you had a right-hander that was just you, you knew that he was going to pull you know, your second baseman would slide over there like your middle guy. Um, and the great teams, the great players, they would take that free hit instead of, you know, they would drop the ego and trying to hit a home run and they would take that hit. So, you know, I mean, there was – I don't mean to say that, you know, a team showed up with 11 catchers that could absolutely kill it. Uh, I mean, some teams did. You know, they had the motto that we're going to outscore you, but – as I said, the, the successful teams and the great teams, even back then, were were two way players. They could they could do it all. Now, you're, the first thing you mentioned, the bats. What do you think the future of the bats and the whole epidemic with the altered bats? What do you think the future of of you know that is going to be like? To be honest, I have no idea. I think, uh, I mean, I think normally um, the the associations, I think they do as good as they can possibly do policing that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into, you know, my opinion on the altered bats and who swings them and if they're evident. I think everybody knows the answer to that. Uh, so I don't want to be the guy pointing fingers. 
but uh, that I mean that is one good thing about when we go to a tournament. I mean we go to a tournament, they test bats, and and there's a <clears throat> there's a limit that they can be, and if they pass that limit, they go in the bucket. Um, and right. then you know once they once they get into Sunday, they will they will test the bats again. And I've even seen bats that'll pass on Friday nights, and uh, Sunday mornings they kick them out. Um, so I, as far as that goes, I think it's uh, I think they the associations are doing as good as they possibly can do on on policing the issue. Um, you know, does it still happen? I, like I said, I'm not going to point fingers, but uh, I would say yes if you ask my opinion. Um, but like you said, I mean they they uh, they're passing the test, so you know that makes them legal. Um, right. So uh, like I said, I don't is. I don't know I don't know where it's going to go from here. Um, you know the the thing about the thing about the bats now. Uh, and I'm not downgrading any of the players because I've told you before that I think overall, uh, as a whole, there are a lot more athletes playing this game uh, now than than what they used to. Uh, on the flip side, I think it's made a lot of players a lot better hitters with the uh, with the composite bats. Um, right. You know, back back with the alloy. I mean, you know the the. The home run hitters hit home runs, and if you didn't, then you better play good defense and spread around and uh, and get on base. Uh, you know, nowadays, uh, you know, especially, I mean, even even all the way down to B and C. I mean, you know, there's a lot of the guys on 300 foot ballparks that's, you know, that's playing B C. So I mean, some guys playing D. I mean, they can they can hit home runs. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's it's boosted it's boosted the morale it's boosted the sales of bats it's uh so you know i have no idea where it would go i think it's i think with the composite bats i think they've they've went too far to say okay let's flip it back we're going back to aluminum and this is the way it's going to be you know with me saying that on uh you know you look at college baseball too and they made a drastic change and and went backwards so you know uh, I mean, it could it could really work either way. I mean, they could just leave it as is. Um, you know, I know that I know that the associations I've been in I've been in the association uh, national meetings before, and uh, that's that's one of the first topics that always gets brought up. What can we do? How can we change? What you know? Da, 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 da. So I, I don't. Uh, I know that they're always looking for ideas. I don't know what the idea will be or what the outcome will be, but um, it's it's heavy on everyone's mind. I promise you that. Right. Well, just to tell you a little bit about ISPS, for instance, this, this weekend down here in, in South Florida, we have our Florida State Championships. We'll, we will have a bat tester. We have a bat tester at most of our tournaments, definitely at our bigger tournaments. And starting this year in 2013 in Missouri, we actually started some wood bat leagues, and we've had a lot of positive positive response back about the wood bats. Uh, we use we signed a contract with B45 Wood Bats from Canada. Uh, they do a lot of wood bats for for major league ball players, and they took out a line of of ISPS official slow pitch softball bats, and they're in Missouri, and they're they're testing them out over there and they're using them in the leagues and we've had nothing but positive comments about it. You know, it's, it's a more level playing field. Uh, everybody's using wood. 
like you know, in, in slopage softball, if you if you do if you try to do anything to alter a wood bat, it's it's just going to work against you. It's not going to it's not going to work for you in slopage softball. But uh, it it turns the game into a much more defensive game. There's not a lot of home runs, like you said. Only the the real true home run hitters hit could hit a home run with a wood bat. But uh, it's it's little things like that. Like you said, the associations have to play around with it, see what what could work, what doesn't work, and try to police it a little bit better, man. Right. Well, and, and like I said, you know, I mean, when when we go to our events, when we go to our conference events, every bat that is used on that field passed the compression test. Um, you know, I, I can't speak for, um, you know, a whatever, whatever association it may be. I can't speak for a C tournament here in Gastonia or a D tournament in Miami, Florida, or, you know, I can't speak for those. I don't know if they had the compression test on hand. Um, uh, you know, right. and with 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 the, 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 with, with the way the bats are nowadays, that that is something that needs to be done. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's just it's mandatory before somebody really gets hurt. Yeah, that could that could be something for the future. That every maybe every facility, every softball facility in the country must have some type of compression bat tester on on site you know we we could even bring in the the local government into it you know it, it could be done something can be done well i mean i mean to make it real easy to to make it real easy in order to be a tournament director with isps or asa or utrip or isa or whatever association is if you're going to be a tournament director if you're going to hold tournaments then you're going to buy a compression test and you will and you will compression test all the bats Plain and simple. Beautiful. I love it. I love that idea. I mean, you know, any business you have startup costs, and it, and it's only going to benefit you in the long run because the teams are going to see that hey, you're testing bats. It's a it's a level, it's a level tournament. Everybody's on the same right. playing field. They're testing everybody's bats. Yeah, maybe one might you know slip by or something by a hair, you know, but it's something. It's 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 something. They. It shows the, the the players out there that, that we do care, that we don't want them to get hurt. We don't want them to, to cheat either. Um, but we just want to make it fair for everybody. Right. Now, Rusty, we only have a few more minutes left, and I talked to you earlier on the phone about some stuff that's happening on, the local, on, the, on our national media. And since you right. were a football player in, in college, the Johnny Manziel – whole thing with the signing of autographs and partying late at nights and missing camps. What what do you think about you are a college football player. What what do you think Johnny is going through? Well, I mean, me and me and somebody was talking about that the other day and, and we were um actually it was a local kid that, that plays college ball up here and we got on that subject and you know, especially especially uh, you're talking about a freshman national Heisman. I mean, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where uh, I, I'm not I'm not pointing the fingers or blaming anybody, but it, you know, a coach, uh, a mentor, uh, parents, uh, a preacher. I, I mean, somebody. I mean, there needs to 
people, everybody around him needs to make sure he is surrounded by the, by the right people. Now, whether he still chooses to do right, wrong, or indifferent, uh, you know, that doesn't really matter. But the whole the whole thing with me is when when you get to that level and you've had that notoriety and you're that popular, I mean, you are on a very, very high-powered microscope. Um, right. You know, I mean, it goes back It goes back to the whole, you know, we talked about this earlier, too, with A-Rod. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I'm sure it sucks for them, excuse my French for saying that, but I'm sure it, it's, you know, not a lot of fun for them to, to have that, the media surrounding them to all time. I mean, at all times. And I, I mean, that's that's all professional athletes. I mean, you know, the media is looking for something at all times. Uh, on the flip side is, you know, that's another reason these guys make millions of dollars. You know, I mean, that's that's part of it. I mean, if uh, I mean, if I was getting paid what some of them guys was getting paid, I mean, I'd invite the media in my house. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so I mean, it's just one of those things where they, you know, it, it comes a point in time where they truly have to realize that that they are under a microscope. Uh, and, and you know, just from my experience, I, you know, I played at Wake Forest. Uh, we had a decent football team. We were not on the, you know, the national spotlight. But uh, you know, I mean, you take these big teams with like, uh, you know, the Alabamas and Notre Dames and Floridas and and. Florida States and uh, Southern Cal and Miami and, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, I mean, the spotlight is there, the microscopes are there, uh, and and one of my best friends here, his wife has worked with uh, TV before, and uh, her producer always said, if it bleeds, it reads. So, you know, I mean, that's just the nature of our society now is we're always looking for something we're always looking for something bad. Um, right. So, you know, as a high-profile athlete, whether it's on the collegiate level or professional level, uh, I mean, you really, you really have to to be on your p's and q's. And, you know, from my experience, my experience on that side of it has probably been more on the softball field because um, nobody has ever questioned the way Rusty Bumgarner plays on the field. I've always, you know, been a team guy, been a leader. Now, I've been questioned, and, and I've had the microscope on me from a lot of my actions over my career on my off-the-field uh, stuff. And and there's a lot of stuff I wish I could take back on that side of it. Uh, but I can't, you know, so that's why I can I can speak, speak out of, about it a little bit more now um, because, you know, people – you know, even even that softball. You know, I mean, okay, a lot of people's like, oh yeah, it's just it's just softball. What to do? Well, I mean, it's one of the most popular sports in our country. You know, as far as yeah. participation. Uh, so, yes, you know, if if you're on that highest level, and and of course, you know, you got all the the softball uh, message boards and everything. So, I mean, you know, one little thing, and I mean, it's blown up all over the country, whether it's, once again, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, it's, you know, it's all about perception. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, that's what I'm saying. A lot of times in, in my past, I've ha- I've done some things. Uh, some things have been blown up, which was more so than what they actually were. Uh, that was my fault. That was my immaturity. Um, you know, that's that's part of the stuff that I've had to deal with. 
uh, I've moved on from that now and and got my life together and and you know try try like uh, try like the Dickens to do the right thing you know so you know but I mean you know once again I tell these people as far as that goes I mean you're talking about Manziel I mean he's nineteen twenty year old kid you know I mean he uh, he's the Heisman Trophy winner I mean you know I mean he's gonna he's gonna live. He's going. To, he's in the spotlight, and he's going to live that spotlight, you know. So I think, I think the people around him uh, that should be, you know, covering his tail, I think that they have not done a good enough job. Uh, not putting all the blame on him because you know each man has to, you know, deal with deal with his own problems. But uh, you know, like I said, I mean, he's a twenty-year-old kid. I mean, twenty-year-old kid's going to be a twenty-year-old kid. Um, totally so, like I said, it's you know it's just uh, it's just the whole microscope thing, and and somebody you know, and and I mean I'm sure he's been told, but I mean it's something that he probably needs to be told every day. Look, you're under microscope. Hey, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You better get used to this. This is the way it's going to be. Um, you know. So, and, and like I said, I mean it, it's it's no fun, but uh, you know there's a there's a lot of people that would love to be in your shoes. You know, on the flip side, and that's that's kind of the way you got to look yeah. at it. Well, Rusty, we only have one minute left. I'm sorry, I have to cut it short. Um, but I would love to invite you to come back to the show and continue talking. I mean, I I I, I think your your conversation is very interesting. Your your thoughts, uh, your your whole experience on on the sport of slow pitch softball. Um, we have 30 seconds left. You could always follow Rusty at R Bumgarner number 16 or on Facebook Rusty Bumgarner 16 Rusty you have 30 seconds you have the last 30 seconds whatever you want to close out the show with give a shout out go right well, ahead Well I mean I, I I think you know I thank you for for bringing me on here uh and then you know all the people that that like I said I've been blessed at this game I've been blessed with uh Bat manufacturers, I've been blessed with great sponsors. I've been blessed with great teammates. Um, you know, that's that's who I need to thank uh, for putting me where I'm at in my career. Uh, my family's always, I've always had a great support system here. Uh, friends go out and hit with me. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm a blessed individual, man. Well, I'll Great talking to you, Rusty. We'll see you again next time. Everybody, next show will be Tuesday at 11 p.m. See you all there. Bye-bye. Thank you, man. Thank you, Rusty. All right, brother. I don't mean to be so uptight, but my heart's been hurt a couple times by a couple guys that didn't treat me right. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be. Baby, just let it be. If it's meant to be, it'll be. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.